Hey, brother. Floyd. Thank you, Laura. The uh, the gentleman on my right, as I'm looking at it, mm -hmm. is Dr. Tim Adair, who I believe uh, is the top practicing chiropractor in the world today, and many others believe that. In fact, I've heard from a number of you that since you've started coming to this and listen to these, you're in agreement with that as well, because you've been to your chiropractor and the experience was not anything like this, uh, which I completely understand because that's exactly what happened to me about 27 years ago. So welcome. Now, before we start tonight, we're going to start a little bit different because of the subject matter, okay? This is a disclaimer. Do not do what we're about to talk to you about tonight unless you listen very, very, very carefully to our instructions and especially the don't do this instructions. Or if you feel this happened or if that happens, you need to change course, okay? And please take this seriously. We are here for your health and well-being not for anything that would compromise that or um, keep it from healing or cause it to be worse. Uh, heaven forbid, that is not why we're here doing this. We're, we're here to try to make a difference. And we're trying to build with uh, Dr. Jordan Rubin and Dr. Josh Axe, the largest natural health network in the world. We believe we can do that. We believe we've got the tools to do that. Uh, we are still building a foundation toward that but we're getting closer and closer to the official launch, which has not happened yet. Now this Zoom call has launched, but we're building a foundation. We're not to the regular weekly stuff yet. We're building a library, so to speak. So again, for tonight, please do not attempt to do what we're gonna talk to you about unless you've taken notes, are very clear on our instructions on how to do it and how not to do it, okay? And we're going to be talking about different aspects of it, the physical, the chemical, the emotional, mental, as we try to always do. Uh, Dr. Tim is probably going to do, as he calls it, uh, the heavy lifting on this one tonight, uh, which I'm thrilled about because I love to listen to him. I learn so much every time. So, uh, Tim, you want to take it away? Yeah, brother. Uh, first of all, I guess I'm going to duck the topic completely for a second, and we're going to talk about what we've always heard. And And I just want to say this. Uh, in the World Health Organization, I think now they recognize, forgive me if this is not exactly right, it's about 196 countries. I don't know whose borders fell today, so that's about right. But the United States is still the top income in the world, but we're about the 40th healthiest. And so yeah. uh, we're behind a number of countries that don't have indoor plumbing. So, so ladies and gentlemen, it's time to change. And, and so tonight, great news. Everything we're telling you is free. Uh, so we're not selling you anything. You're not buying anything. This has the potential to be the best information for you to do a 180. If you're going the wrong way down the wrong road, you want to make a U-turn, that's a 180. Do a 180. This information, if you have autoimmune, uh, if you have leaky gut, if you have allergies, if you have chronic fatigue, if you have pain syndromes, 
Tonight is your 180. So we're going to arm you with the thing to win the war. This is your 180 night. Now, here's what we've always been told. We've always been told, and, and by the way, Alex, I'm going to go ahead and another disclaimer. If you don't like the word poop, you don't like to talk about bell movements, you don't like to talk about indigestion, uh, quit now. This is going to be a crappy conversation that we're going to have tonight. Down and, and dirty, a down and dirty discussion. Yes, sir. But uh, but it's going to be grossly, uh, maybe that's the best word, grossly beneficial to uh, to everybody. And, and, and we put I put a lot of time in trying to go through what's out there, what's misconceptions. And the best of my ability, I really want to give you guys something that will serve up on a silver platter that will help almost all of you out there. But I want you to do it the right way and get all good and no bad. So here, here's what we think we know. We think we all need to get up and take a bunch of fiber to, uh, to have a proper bowel movement. Also, we know that everybody's taking probiotics and acidophilus and all these gut helpers, and that's good. And all those things for food supply need soluble fiber. And soluble fiber comes in uh, your um, uh, your uh, cruciferous vegetables and your leafy greens, and all that is you know supposed to be good, good, good. And we have to have that. We can't live a day without that stuff. I'm just going to tell you that's all, that's not all. That's partially incorrect. And so we'll try to be politically correct here, Alex. So so now, Alex, have you had any experience and you don't have to uh, you don't have to corrupt yourself or uh, reveal anything you don't want to? Do you have any personal or knowledge close to you uh, about the carnivore diet and bowel movements? I started the carnivore diet on Monday. I'm in my fourth day. Oh, congratulations. That's, uh, and it takes some discipline. So uh, especially the first week, it's uh, very difficult to do a burst on this. Okay, now what we've all been told is, is you poop because you have lots and lots and lots of fiber. And lots and lots of fiber come from vegetables. How many vegetables have you had since Monday? Zero. So how much? Well, then that means you hadn't had any fiber, right? Right. Except you're taking bunches of fiber every day, right? No. Okay. Well, so you haven't had a bowel movement since Monday? Actually, I've had more than normal. <laughs> okay. So listen to what he just said. No fiber, no plants. And so so if you Google all this stuff, oh, don't do that diet. You'll get constipated. Okay. So here, here's what's the best thing in the world diet-wise for the gut and the whole systemic health for the human being comes down to the gut. The best thing in the world for the gut is fasting. And the lower colon, we need lots of rest where all that microbiome is, and we need to fast, and we need to have time to repair and do no processing and no do no work. Here's what's amazing. on The diet that you're on, Alex, is most of what you're digesting is up way high in the gut. So that lower gut isn't doing much work. And here's the biggie. The worst thing, part of what a carnivore diet works so good is not what you're getting, but what you're not getting. So all those terrible carbohydrates and all those starches that are feeding the yeast and the bad bacteria, you haven't had now in four days. So here's what's true. Here's what I believe to be true. Uh, I think the carnivore diet is probably safer than the diet almost everybody's on before they come to the carnivore diet. 
So the, the, the regular diet, we're all, we have lots of fatigue, lots of autoimmune disease, tons of diabetes, lots of obesity, lots of hormone imbalance. On the carnivore diet, we see almost nobody who has any of those things. So it's probably safer than what most people are doing, but the transition is noticeable. And, and Alex, I think you'd agree with me. You've noticed some transitions, haven't you? I have actually, um, my, uh, bathroom experiences have pretty significantly decreased uh, and they, and they increased a good bit from yesterday to today, from day three to day four. And, uh, amazingly my energy, I already had very good energy. People who say, you know, two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I go down it, not me. I've got all day energy and have for years, but my energy has gone up significantly and I've always slept good. I'm, I'm slit. Last night, Tim, I slept 10 hours. Oh, wow. And the, and the alarm clock had to wake me up. I mean, I always sleep good, but maybe not that good. Well, brother, when do you heal? When you're sleeping and when you're not eating. Yeah. So that perfectly said, and, and then we talked about like one of the benefits of the carnivore diet is Alex, I bet you're not charting your calories, but I bet you money since you've got rid of carbohydrate and you've got rid of uh, uh, all the other things, I bet your calorie intake is lower, but you feel just as full. My wife and I were talking about that yesterday because hope is doing it too. She's doing it with me. And, um, um, I was talking to her yesterday when I was fixing my evening snack of right now, a hamburger uh, with no bun, just the meat. And um, I was telling her it's time for me to eat a snack, but I'm not the least bit hungry. And typically by five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm very hungry. And so actually it's, it's kind of weird that you said that, Tim, and I didn't know you were going to say that. Because we actually calculated, she she immediately Googled the the steak I had for lunch and how big it was, how many ounces. We went and looked at the package, how many ounces it was, and then the hamburger and how many ounces that was. And it was about a thousand less calories than I've been eating every day for years. And I've been way less hungry. I mean, I've felt full. Um, most of the day. The only time I don't feel full is not eating any breakfast at about 12, 12 o'clock. And I am hungry then. But when it gets to the four and five o'clock time, I usually eat. And I wasn't today either. I, I'm not hungry. And even though I've not had near as many calories as normal for me. So brother, you're in ketosis right now and you're breaking down what was on your storage shelf as a fuel source. Uh, let me, and I know you know a lot, but let me just give you a little spin from my perspective. One of the things that makes this easier is keeping your fat to protein ratio about two to one. And so uh, uh, what, what, we, what we say is, is, is we've all been kind of misguided. Back in the 70s and 80s, they said that if we ate fat, we'd get fat. And when I was in college, undergrad, uh, our biochemistry department in Nashville, you may remember this, Alex, you were here local. We had a guy at Vanderbilt who wrote a, a diet called the T-Factor diet. He wanted you to count fat grams. You remember that? 
And he got a Nobel Prize because he fudged his data. And then they took his Nobel Prize back because they found out it wasn't actually that wasn't why we got fat. And so all the sugar people loved it because they're like, no, 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 no. Don't eat fat. Have the sugar. And so people put more and more and more sugar into uh, more carbohydrate. You can have hot dogs now and they'll add sugar to it because sugar is cheaper than meat. And so it tastes better. So you can literally find uh, some brands of hot dogs in the grocery store with carbohydrate in them. Why would a hot dog have carbohydrate? Uh, because they put it in there. And so it's hard to put sugar in everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Like but, but, sugar and bread. I, but now like, we're all becoming diabetic and obese and we're 40th in the world in health when we have when we take 70% of all the pharmaceuticals. So why in the world if we're taking the most drugs are we not the most healthy? <laughs> so so uh we we got to we got to do a paradigm shift. But there can, are some can, things. Can I, can I add something there? Please. My youngest son George who's 23 uh his favorite restaurant his whole life has been Subway. Oh. And, and he just recently, about six months ago, quit eating at Subway because he found out for the first time that there's so many grams of sugar mm. that they put in their bread. That's why it tastes so good. And, and you know, he's trying to be healthy. So he's had to quit eating at his favorite restaurant because they put sugar in everything. And that's something. Okay. Now we do have a list and this goes back to where you started, Alex. So I guess I'll actually start, uh, start right now with what you asked me to do. This is what I call, can you read this? Yeah. This is my no, no list. <laughs> okay. So what do you have to know so you can say no to this diet? So when we have, uh, when we have a person who does a carnivore diet, their protein uptake will go you Alex you probably have more protein sent from Monday than you had the three weeks prior to Monday yeah maybe maybe six months uh, okay I've, I've not so, eaten a lot of meat uh recently okay so so really high protein now here's the kicker if a person had kidney disease uh then that would really tax their kidneys so we don't know, I'll, I'll be transparent. I don't know everything about the carnivore diet. There's probably, this is probably gonna be the worst question and answer ever, Alex. You're gonna probably hear me say, and I'm very liberated about this. If I don't know, I will look at you guys and say, I don't know. And I'm, com I'm completely comfortable with that, but I try my best to know the answer to the question. And uh, I'm just limited by the knowledge that's out there by the carnivore diet. But if you have kidney disease, this is out. We don't know that it's okay for you. Uh, now, here's the other thing. The only other thing that I think is kind of common, and uh, this usually happens about week four or five, where it's about time to stop in. Anyway, if you, you get where all throughout the day, and Alex, I've warned you on this one. Am, am I there? Am you I good? Yeah. Okay. If we get lots of belching and burping and all throughout the day you feel distressed and you're mm, while you're talking to people and you feel that continual uh, burping, you start to get C-shaped headaches from the base of the skull over your ear towards your eye. You feel nauseous. You have pain inside your right shoulder blade. Uh, those, those are gallbladder symptoms, okay? And if your gallbladder is not healthy, and you're radically changed to this carnivore diet, you might be pushing yourself. 
other than kidney disease and gallbladder, the diet you're on is probably more dangerous than the carnivore diet. Okay. And so now, uh, so that would be our, what we call the no-no list. And so if you know those, no, no, you can't do that. Now, there's a book that I want to give, I want to give a couple authors that I've studied lots of credit tonight. There's a book called uh, The China Study, and it's the second edition. So uh, I want to put that up here. And yeah, how does uh, that book? It's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, this one is a must read. If you're going to read like five nutrition books in your life, uh, three, even maybe two, this has got to be one of them. Uh, the guy who wrote this is like in his 80s. He's an Ivy League professor. And he basically said, hey, I wrote the first edition. I told you guys the best I knew at the time, but I was wrong about some stuff. And he kind of he kind of corrected himself. What a tremendous person can say I was wrong and come back and say, you know, hey, here's the best of the best. But his name's Dr. Tom, I think it's Tom Campbell. And Dr. Campbell is a gift to humanity. Here's what he said. If you eat, best thing in the world for you to eat is a plant. Now that disagrees with everything we're talking about right now. But according to Dr. Campbell, and who knows if he's right, he says the best, he's probably right. The best thing for you to eat is a plant. But if you'll eat a carnivore diet for four or five or six weeks, you will starve out all, all the bad stuff that you don't eat when you're on the carnivore diet won't feed all the bad uh, uh, gut bugs in your microbiome. And those bad guys will die out. Now, Dr. Campbell went on. Suffocates them, right? It I'm sorry? It, it kind of suffocates them, right? Uh, well, I think more, more probably starvation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, although some of those, those microorganisms are probably aerobic, so you, you actually might be more correct than I am, but I, I, I kind of got from what I uh, studied from him, it was more of a starvation type thing. Cause you're not providing them the soluble fibers that keep them going. And so they start to die off. Now, Dr. Campbell said after, X amount of time on the carnivore diet, which is probably about five weeks was his recommendation that the person doing the carnivore diet probably starts to die. Now, whether or not that's true has been contested. Um, do you know the psychologist, Alex, Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I know him. I know who he is. Yeah. His daughter, uh, uh, you guys probably end up lecturing on something together here before it's over, but his daughter has been on the carnivore diet six years. She had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, she eats steak three times a day, grass-fed steak three times a day. Her skin's perfect. He got over psoriasis uh, six years and uh, completely uh, healthy, best she's ever been in her entire life. So Dr. Campbell was probably saying what like modern wisdom had had educatedly taught us and we might need to revise and maybe maybe he'll write a China study third edition. Who knows? But but he's a he's a hero. He came out and he said, look, you can get rid of the gut pathogens and you can push it back. But but probably go back to a more moderate diet. Now, so what do you do after the carnivore diet? Well, you go plants and you go meat. I think it's good good advice to do very low, maybe even no grains. So there's not much nutrition in bread or, or pasta or cookies, crackers, cakes, croutons, pretzels, chips, 
uh, we refer to that moth as, as white trash. And I tell everybody that your mama ought to have told you to stay away from white trash. And so white trash in, in, uh, uh, will, will completely get the bad uh, uh, bacteria in the gut flourishing. And we want to literally just not feed that. So the longer we go on the good stuff, the, the quicker we go uh, out with the bad stuff and we start to rebuild our, our microbiome. So Alex, jump in here wherever you need to. And I want to give some people some tips and some uh, things that just makes them much more successful on, uh, on a carnivore program. And we're going to try to make this possible and doable for as many people as we can tonight. Well, you want me to talk about the emotional for a minute? Because I don't know anything about that. I'd love to hear that. Okay. The the um, In the uh, naturopathic system that is, is pretty much by far the number one naturopathic system in the world based on the acupuncture meridian system, the gallbladder, as Tim already said, would be the critical organ here. And the gallbladder is resentment. Um, it's all... Uh, and I wanted, I looked up um, online some things about the carnivore diet. Let me share that. And then I'll, I'll go back to the um, emotional. This one is from um, a carnivore website, which says um, many followers of the carnivore diet report increased energy, better mental clarity, improved digestion, and a whole lot more. Uh WebMD, on the other hand, a more uh, mainstream medical, says advocates of the carnivore diet report a wide range of results um, from following the all-meat diet that include weight loss, fewer digestive symptoms, better heart health, increased testosterone, and more energy. Okay, so those are uh, two sources on that. And then let me go to um, one more place. Yeah. So the gallbladder meridian, it's, it's uh, resentment is the big one. The sub ones under resentment are being galled. You remember that word from growing up? Oh, that galls me. Uh, being galled, being stubborn, emotionally repressed, depressed, and indecisive. And it's not just depressed, it's depressed and indecisive together. Okay. So here's what you need to know about that. And this is really critical. Resentment is in the anger family and liver in the naturopathic system is anger, straight anger. And, and the liver and gallbladder are like uh, two sides of a coin. They are so connected and work together that it's really hard to talk about one without talking about the other. And that makes sense here because one is anger, one is resentment. Those are both the anger family, okay? But here's the difference. You can be angry at the weather, you know, because you woke up and you were planning to go to the beach and it's raining, or you were planning on it raining because you hadn't watered your plants, like Hope says sometimes, and it doesn't rain. Uh, so you can be angry at the weather, Resentment, though, is always related to a human being or, or something that's living, okay, which is very different. That's not like anger at the weather, all right, because when you have anger or, in this case, resentment toward another human being, 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is unforgiveness. And unforgiveness is the biggest non-physical issue, the biggest emotional issue, the biggest spiritual issue, however you biggest mental issue, however you want to say it, unforgiveness is the biggest, number one on the planet. So what is resentment? Resentment, anger tends to be rooted in the present. Something is happening right now that I perceive is keeping me from being okay. Now, it's usually a misperception or you're taking it too far, okay? It's a fear-based reaction, but but it's rooted in the present. Resentment, on the other hand, as, as we all know, is rooted in something that's already happened, okay? This person stole your cookie or they stole your boyfriend or girlfriend or they cheated you in business, or they won't do what you want them to do, or they said something negative about you, or you think they said something negative about you, or a million other things, okay? But it's something that has already happened with another person that angered me in the present when it happened, and then now in the future, I have resentment because it's rooted in the past but resentment is also focused on the future. So what resentment is saying, if, if Tim is the one I have resentment for, is I'm either going to get him or I'm not going to let him uh, uh, affect me again in the future. So resentment is a unique animal because it's rooted in the past. You've you feel it in the present, but it's focused on the future. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang on to my unforgiveness related to whatever happened and whatever person that is related to. Ladies and gentlemen, that will kill you a slow death every time, okay? Um uh, ancient manuscripts written thousands of years ago say you will be forgiven to the same degree that you forgive, okay? And, and you know what? Even outside of the ancient manuscripts, that makes sense, right? Yeah, someone's nice to you, you're supposed to be nice to them, right? I mean, you're supposed to be nice to everybody, really, but that's how we kind of grew up, Um if they're nice to you, be nice back to them, okay? Well, resentment is saying, I am I am angry at them for something they did, either rightfully or wrongly. Usually, there's at least some wrong to that. I am feeling it in the present, and it's affecting me. And in the future, I'm going to hang on to it and keep being angry at them. And I'm not going to forgive them either at all or unless or until they do something that I deem is worthy for me now to forgive them, which is usually not a, a fair, um, even-handed situation, okay? So, and, and, here's, and here's another huge part of it, and then I'll be quiet and turn it back to Tim. I mentioned this uh, a couple, maybe three weeks ago. Wonderful research out of Harvard, done on the campus of Harvard by Dr. Dan Gilbert. He wrote a best-selling book called Stumbling into Happiness about this. 
Uh, you see him on TV commercials pretty regularly these days. I mean, major TV commercials, usually for insurance companies or banks. And the result of their, in, of their uh, study at Harvard was this, and this is Dr. Gilbert's words, not mine, direct quote. Expectations are a happiness killer, okay? And if you read the study, what he's talking about is if you're focused on something in the future that you do not have complete control over, and you certainly don't have complete control over the behavior of another human being, if you have an issue like that and you are not in stress, it will instantly put you into physiological stress. For how long, you ask? Great question. Glad you asked. For as long as you have that mindset, for as long as you're carrying that resentment and anger, for as long as you don't forgive them, you are creating your own stress, which is slow death. 95% of all illness and disease tied to stress, according to Stanford, according to the CDC. Okay? Well, resentment is an expectation emotion. I will not forgive them. I will not let that go unless, and, uh, and for most people, unless never happens. Now, one last thing. I said, if you're not in stress, it will put you in stress for as long as you continue to have that attitude or mindset. What if you're already in stress, which about 80% of us are, according to the research. If you're already in stress, it spikes your stress through the roof. And now that stress is to a whole nother level. Your immune system is further suppressed. And here come all those negative emotions uh, because you're stressed, okay? So resentment can be a silent killer. We think of anger being such so much bigger of a deal. It's not. Resentment is maybe a bigger deal because it's always related to another person and usually to the biggest emotional issue that exists, unforgiveness. So let me tell you, you have unforgiveness towards somebody and I've seen this over and over and over. And I'm thinking of one particular client I had who they had they had, had this uh, resentment toward another person, unforgiveness based on something they had done. And all of a sudden on a Saturday morning, they fell on the ground. We rushed him to the hospital and they removed his gallbladder. <laughs> all right. Um, surprise, surprise. Not at all. So, So there you go, Tim. Yeah, brother. So uh, uh, I'm going to get your two cents on this. So, you know, I've worked with a ton of athletes, a lot of pro athletes. And I've referred some to you for peak performance that had obstacles. And a lot of sports is between the ears and some of it includes the knee joints. And I'm real good at the knee joints, but I need you between the ears. And what we're finding is, is one of the biggest causes of resentment is when we have people who, when we increase their level of function and they're stronger and their performance is better, and it's closer to peak when they, let me, let me say this the right way, when they, re, there's resentment when they feel like they have overdone 
And so like, uh, if I do everything in the world for you, because now I'm strong enough that I can function at a high level, I can do for you and knock that out for you and provide that opportunity. And it's not returned. It's so there's like a um, over performance aspect to that. Would you comment on, uh, would you give me some thoughts on that? Yeah, that that's still expectation. That, that's still, okay, I've, I've rehabbed, I'm better, I'm going out here on the field or the court or the whatever it is, and I'm going to I'm gonna perform, and man, I'm going to perform great because I rehab just right and that joint's better now, and I'm going to, that's still expectation. You're, you're still spiking your own stress and making it more likely that you're going to have another injury or relapse the same one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Alex, what I want to do now is I talked about my no, no list. I have one more list if you would allow me. And this is called the no go list. And so why in this world would you do a carnivore diet? Can we talk about that? Yeah. Okay. So if you have a Christmas party or a, or a, uh, or a Thanksgiving gathering at your house, and they're still talking about what happened in the bathroom last Thanksgiving when you went in there and you told everybody afterwards, don't go in there. You believe me, you don't want to go in there. And no, whether you had a flamethrower or candles or whatever you had in there trying to take care of all that stuff, that's a sure sign that you might want to consider the carnivore diet. Now, Here's the other thing, and this is completely, this is, this is for me, this is the big one because I've, I've studied it and I got, I can prove this both ways, Alex. So this is what I'm just going to go ahead and say, this is my biggest question tonight that I don't know the answer to. Bunch of the people who do the carnivore diet who have high cholesterol, their cholesterol gets so much better. And a few people who do the carnivore diet, they say that their cholesterol gets worse. And so, uh, Alex, I don't know if you know this word or not with working with the public, but have you ever heard of liars? Yeah. Yeah. So there's some out there and I don't know who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth. So I I personally think that your cholesterol probably be higher from grains and white trash, because in my office, I take that away from people. And when they're not that word I just mentioned and they come back, tell me they haven't eaten those things their cholesterol nosedives. So I believe that to be really smart. Here's what I would just say. Here, one thing on that. Please. Last time I went to my medical doctor about six months ago and, and all my lipids and every and levels were great. He, he said, you know, a, a college student might be jealous of my numbers. But uh, so so everything was great. But his sort of last words were, but you know you're getting older, and I would say the one thing that could change that is don't don't do too much white trash. That oh. so, so that was my MD. So that's a pretty good doc, MD. Alex, because it used to be like don't eat so much red meat. Yeah, he said he said white trash. He did not mention red meat. Well, so I would tell you you probably picked a pretty good primary care guy there. So uh, let's if he's on tonight. Doc, you did a good job. Uh, uh, well done. But uh, you get my vote anyway. I don't know if that matters. But uh, anyway, okay, so I would tell you uh, probably good cholesterol, but if you're worried about it, just monitor it as you're going through this. Now, i also tell you, and I told everybody tonight when we started, we we're going to talk about poop, okay? 
So, uh, Alex, I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a martial arts guy. I love guns. I don't really hunt much. I, uh, I don't hunt any, honestly, except at Kroger, but, uh, but, uh, I do enjoy firearms. So, so everybody knows what a caliber is. So the bigger caliber of bullet, uh, the, the bigger knockdown power. Well, so there's also a caliber of your bowel movement. And the bigger the bullet, not so good. So, yeah. so a lot of people who are distressed with uh, uh, firing, uh, what, what, what should we say, Alex? Fire in the hole. So uh, when we're when we're having that problem and we want to decrease the caliber, that the carnivore diet is fantastic for that. Now, let, let me uh, let me tell you about my last experience at Dr. Alex's house. So I, I ring the doorbell. And uh, after security cleared me, they let me in the front door. And uh, so everything's beautiful. The carpet's beautiful. The furniture's beautiful. His family's beautiful. Even the dog's beautiful. But I'm going to pick on the dog. So there's this beautiful white carpet, and there's this really pretty white dog. And I didn't check the dog's butt, but I did look at the carpet, and I found out that there was no poop stains on the white carpet from the white dog. Is that true, Alex? That's correct. Yes, but... If we let most of our roommates, not our dogs, not our cats, not our parrots, but if we let most of our roommates scoot naked after they came out of the bathroom productively on the white carpet, we would have to call the carpet cleaners, okay? And so I refer to that as mud butt. So what we really want you guys to do is clean up afterwards and not be able to get the toilet paper dirty. I would tell you, I would like for you to take some money from your toilet paper account, and I would like for you to spend some of your toilet paper money on on more uh, grass-fed beef, on more fish, on, certainly on more eggs. And as we increase that uh, that uh, protein and fat content, we're diminishing the, the mud butt, okay? And now, Alex, that may not be true in the first five or six or seven days. So you just don't respond here and we'll leave you, uh, we'll make this rhetorical. But after the initial bowel change uh, on a more carnivore diet, we're having less mud butt. We're having, now, here's the other thing. Uh, I'm not saying that it'll smell like roses when you come out of the bathroom, but that noxious smell, Alex, I'll go ahead and confess. I farted at your house. And you, did, you did not I cannot know. believe that. Yeah, you did not know because you can you can fearlessly flatulate on the carnivore diet because the, the it won't have that awful smell because you won't be having that bacteria that produces all of that gas uh, that that is noxious with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so and we'll have some people that might want to ask some questions on on uh, some of that later. So now here's the kicker irritable bowel, you do this. Uh, uh, any type of uh, constipation, diarrhea, you do this. If you have acne, psoriasis, or eczema, you absolutely should consider doing this. If you have high sugar, we'll absolutely do this because we're taking away all your sugar. So that's easy, right? So these are all the people who might consider doing the carnivore diet. Now, here's the next question. Uh, and I'm not talking about sirloin tips, although that worked great. These are tips to make this work really good. Um, Alex, you remember on one of our videos, I had a list of no matter what's. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my no matter what's on the carnivore diet is 
the same as my no matter what in just general health. You cannot get dehydrated. When you're eating salads and you're eating broccoli and you're eating celery and you're eating watermelon and you're eating all that stuff, you're getting a ton of fluid. And when you're not doing that, you're not getting a ton of fluid. And so if you're just meat, 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 especially if you're doing like salt and that type of thing, then, then we have a tendency to become dehydrated. So some of the people who might do the carnivore better and have much less distress, there you go, perfect, Alex, good timing, is stay hydrated. Now, that does not just mean water. You remember when we talked about hydration, we need our electrolytes, and that's easier to do than ever. Probably half the people on this call have a favorite electrolyte formula that they like to add in, and that is essential to success. And then remember, we talked about uh, you really need to get your fat a little higher than your protein, maybe maybe not a little higher, maybe twice as high as your protein. So when you're doing your, your grass-fed steaks and this and that, you, if you look at that, you want to increase, uh, and we're, Alex, you and I are both fans of collagen, but one of the best sources of collagen is, uh, is eggs and pasteurized eggs are a great source of, so Alex, when you're having your steak day four or five, it's getting kind of old, a little pad of pasteurized butter, an egg yolk on top of that, or you want to scramble it, whatever you want to do over medium and crush that egg on top of that steak uh, with a little butter, you have now graduated to Carnivore 102 and uh, you're doing it better and, and it, it tastes fantastic. Have a couple of those. Don't be hungry. Eat guiltlessly as much. If you want 16 ounces of beef, absolutely do that. There's, yeah, but I don't think you'll. I think you'll be shocked because uh, what I've experienced is I'm full comfortably most of the time, uh, even on lesser calories. So yeah, so Alex, if you decided to go on a ten mile hike tomorrow, I would highly suggest putting a couple eggs on top of your steak with a little pat of butter, so you have all that. ability and that prep work to be able to to fuel yourself okay and i and i don't want to give you advice that's fuelish but but we do need to be able to fuel our activities energy wise and so uh okay now uh uh so fat like so other like butter great eggs fantastic the little layer between the yolk of the egg and the egg white is full of collagen and when you're suffering on a uh, carnivore diet, if you can add some collagen powder in, uh, it will actually erase some of the misery. And collagen's carnivore, right? And when you're eating chicken, gnaw it down to the bone and eat the skin. That is collagen, okay? And then uh, uh, if there's a little bit of a hint of gristle in your ribeye, eat it. That's collagen. That's pure, pure, pure collagen that really helps people stay much more successful uh, on the carnivore diet. And and I remember, and this is for all the pretty ladies on here tonight, uh, fat does not make you fat. Fat, let, let's go back. Fat makes you skinny. Here, here, here's why. So, so uh, al- almost all of our hormones are made from fat. We know this because we work with little girls and little girls who are doing like soccer or they're running track, they'll stop their menses. 
their hormonal cycles will stop because they'll exercise so much that their fat will drop. So we'll give them fat supplements and we'll get their cycles back to normal, which will help them in later life. Fabulous. Fat makes hormones. Hormones upregulate your metabolism. Upregulating your metabolism makes you skinny. So here's here's the nutrition expert uh, that's going to make all of you nutritional experts right this second. Everybody say it with me. Carbs make me fat. Fat makes me skinny. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So, so I want everybody to have that mentality of I want to guiltlessly eat fat because it's not going to make me fat. Fat makes me, say it with me, skinny, right? And so uh, that's the kicker. Now, Alex, bad news for me and you. Me and you have half the testosterone that our grandfathers had, okay? Pay for yourself. Well, so you're a stud. I'm the weakling in the group. But but my grandfather was a uh, was a butcher and a farmer, and I bet you his testosterone was probably double mine because my food supply that I grew up with has been given estrogen so that the cow got fatter and weighed more when it went to get slaughtered at the market. And so uh, I don't eat all organic. Uh, sometimes I eat out, and I'm sure that's not organic. And I'm sure I'm getting some estrogen tainted uh, stuff in my food supply. So, so because of that, I'm not the mighty man I'm supposed to be. I've got some low testosterone. So here's the kicker. People will say, well, that food has cholesterol in it. That's why you have cholesterol. That's wrong. Cholesterol is the lining in your artery that protects you from ble uh, bleeding out from erosive acids from carbohydrate. So your body puts a thicker and thicker and thicker wall of cholesterol on the inside of your artery when you're acidic. You don't have high cholesterol because you eat animals high in cholesterol. You have high cholesterol because you're buffering the acidity of the high carbohydrate. So when you have high cholesterol and you eat carnivore, I believe most of us will have a drop in our cholesterol. And I believe most of the people who report that uh, outside of that are the real severe minority. And I'm not smart enough to know why that happens. My, my guess is half of them aren't telling the truth. The other half, I just don't know. I just don't know why that is. And it's a very small group. Most of us will get lower cholesterol on the carnivore diet. I really believe that. Now, here's the kicker. The only, the only food that has cholesterol in it is from animals. Now we get high cholesterol from eating carbs. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us getting cholesterol. Actually, I'm not even talking about cholesterol. I'm talking about a base. Let, let, let me do this, Alex. Give me a second. Uh, I want everybody to own this because this is an epidemic in our population. Okay. Do you see this? Everybody's worried about this. Okay. Let me do something here. What's that say? Sterol. Yeah. What do we make steroids out of? Sterols. Yeah. But if we're not getting enough sterols, guess what we're low in? Steroids. So you're a weakling like me with half of the testosterone as your grandfather because we're not getting the raw materials in our diet that, uh, that we're supposed to have gotten. Does that make sense? Yeah. So absolutely. if you have low testosterone, you have leaky gut, 
you have stinky bowel movements, you have skin problems, you have eczema psoriasis, you have low fatigue, you have low libido, you have low confrontation, you have low focus, you have low ability to push through, you have low uh, 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 energy to conquer, it's because you have low sterols because you have low cholesterol and way too much carbohydrate in your diet. And so Alex, that is my wish for everybody tonight is that hopefully we get him the recipe to, uh, to beat some of these things. Now, can I give a couple other tips? Yeah. Uh, bacon grease. I'm sorry. You have some questions. Uh, okay. Uh, and I probably won't know the answer, but uh, bacon grease and beef tallow eggs and butter on on any animal product okay and so people go well can i do this and, and this is probably gonna answer the questions tonight but when people say well can i do this on the carnivore diet did it come from an animal <laughs> so yeah. did it used to have eyeballs yeah. yes did it not have eyeballs no and so well people say okay animal product honey honey is bee vomit okay <laughs> That's that is that is an excretory uh, product from an animal, and it's a carbohydrate. No, uh, uh, milk. Well, no, because that's carbohydrate. So we're looking for fat and protein because we want to starve those gut pathogens. And so uh, heavy cream is so much better than milk. That's the mentality. Butter, yes, because that's fat and protein. And so remember, carbohydrates make us make me proud, Alex. Carbohydrates make us fat, and fat makes us skinny. skinny. And so if we want to be studs like our grandfathers, we have got to get those proteins and fats up. And then after winding down here, after five or six, four or five, six weeks on the carnivore diet, uh, and you've killed a bunch of those gut pathogens, your skin is clear, your energy is good, your hormone levels are good, your um, your confrontation is good, your focus is good, your libido is good, uh, your bloating is good, it smells like roses when you come out of the toilet, uh, all of that is good, then it's time to add back in uh, our vegetables, our leafy greens, uh, but probably try lifelong to limit your grains. And so grains for me are a monthly occurrence because I'm morally weak and I don't want to binge. So I allow myself a little and and quite frankly, enjoy occasionally, very occasionally, may, maybe uh, in uh, not weekly, not bi-weekly um, settings. Uh, Alex, you've probably never seen me eat a grain. I may not. I don't uh, think you have. Uh, uh, but uh uh, and I think uh, every year or two to have a piece of birthday cake is fine, but but uh, but limit your grains. And remember, I told you my favorite rap song: "No grains in the membranes." Uh, so so we want to do fat, protein, go back to vegetables about week four or five, uh, meat and vegetables, and watch how your health spark uh, health sparkles. And so. Alex, I hope that's beneficial. Uh, I put some effort into that and I hope people are blessed by this and get over some things. And it's my wish for you guys and uh, uh, and taking what uh, Dr. Alex said about some of that emotional stuff and resentment. I hope gathered with that tonight, you guys can do a 180 and go back in the right direction 
and really reset your health. So anyway, brother, I'm done and uh, I'll be happy to contribute in any way you think I can if you, anything comes up tonight. Okay, we've got a couple of questions here. Uh, one is um, you said uh, four, five, six weeks. Is that in a lifetime? Is that once a year? Once what a every great question. Years? What a good oh, question. Whoever asked that question, thank you. Uh, okay, so, uh, okay, here's here's the answer. I don't know. Uh, but but here's what makes sense to me. Let's say that uh, we do four or five, six weeks and my skin's great and my bloating is gone and my bowel movements are good and uh, uh, my energy levels are good, my libido's good. And let's say I fall in the backyard and skin up my knees and I get an awful infection and I have to take a bunch of antibiotics. And let's say that... Uh, in the hospital where they bring me red colored jello while I'm on IV antibiotics and I'm hurting, they give me a steroid and I get a yeast overgrowth in my gut and I get uh, two servings of jello and pasta because that's health food in the hospital. And uh, I get my gut back off balance might be time to do it all again. But I would think that if you stay low on grains, uh, uh, you wouldn't have to do this very frequently. Maybe, Probably not a month, a year. Okay. Um, next question. Um, when would you introduce a child to this for their health? At what age? Uh, you know what? I, would, I wouldn't do this with children, but I would do this with children. And so uh, I need to run for office, don't I, Alex? You can't get a straight answer out of me. Okay, here, here's the thing with kids. I wouldn't want to push them, but, but let me say this. Uh, my daughter didn't have any grains till she started. I remember when my daughter was in kindergarten, she came home and she said, dad, have you ever heard of this stuff called Sprite? It is so good. So I would like for your children not to know what Sprite is until they're five or six years old too. And yeah. we used to give her snacks. We would chop her up bell peppers and we would send her with a little ranch dressing and she put her bell pepper in there. She loved them. She had carrots and bell peppers. And so, uh, so that and meat, and so like meat and vegetables with your children and then uh, do mostly that. So they're getting that carnivore benefit, but they're all, but their gut biome is forming. So we probably need some soluble fibers and that type thing for them. Limit their grains and that makes for healthy children. Okay, uh, next one. Is chicken, turkey and salmon okay? Yes, it used to have eyeballs. Those are fabulous. And, and honest to God, let me make this real simple. If income-wise, all you can do is bologna and spam, uh, whew, this is going to be painful for me to say this, that's better than whole wheat bread. That's better than pasta. That's better than rice. That's better than white potatoes. So I don't know that I've been a pro-spam guy until tonight. Uh, I'm not even sure what's in spam, but it uh, came from an animal. Uh, so even that corned beef stuff would be better than, uh, than grains. All right. Uh, next, I haven't eaten beef or, or chicken in almost 50 years. I do eat fish. Can I do the carnivore using fish? Absolutely. Uh, any animal, anything that has eyeballs. And so right. you're only not allowed to eat fish that don't have eyeballs. Next, I heard that women need more fat on the carnivore diet than men. Is that true? That's another smart person there. And that's absolutely right. And I use that uh, that concept we just talked about, Alex, about the little girls and their hormones and their fat and all that stuff. 
because women need more fat than men. Uh, women make babies, not men. And so they need uh, hormones uh, to uh, not just for themselves, but because they're, they're doing it for other people too. Even in later life, women need more fat than uh, past, past reproductive years. Women need more fat. All right. Next. Uh, what if you don't know if you have a gallbladder problem or not? What, what symptoms should I look out for? Uh, so, so when they eat butter or when they eat, uh, like if they have a steak with a pat of butter on it and they get sick and nauseous, hurt inside their right shoulder blade, burp, belch, uh, have indigestion, uh, have a headache. Those are all gallbladder symptoms. And also not on the carnivore diet, but if you eat pickles and pickles trigger you to be miserable, you probably have a gallbladder problem. And so, uh, uh, those are just indicators. Okay, and uh, last question we have right now. Um, I drink electrolyzed reduced water. Should I still use electrolyte packages during the carnivore when I'm drinking electrolyzed reduced water? Electrolyzed reduced yeah, water. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure of that either. Um, I know what electrolysis is. Um, um, so let me just say... Um, I want uh, everybody to not just have water, 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 but all of the uh, calcium, magnesium, potassium, iodine, sodium uh, that is needs to be in every fourth or fifth hydration serving. So like uh, I make in my office, I make my patients go, I'm going to have four waters and number five is going to have electrolytes in it. When they do that, we give them a high five. And so, uh, and uh, I try to, do it to jog their memory so that that fifth serving i like to have those uh those uh salts in there so forgive me for my ignorance i don't know what that what that meant so got, we've got one comment here uh this was this uh this topic tonight was a god thing i started the carnivore diet two days ago um, okay well another, another question um uh, and I know what you're going to say here. What about avocados for the fat? Okay. Okay. So, so, I, that, I, so I'm glad this came up. Um, all right. So let's think about what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're now avocados don't have eyeballs for all of you guys who are wanting to know the, the real answer. But if we think about it, what we're doing with the carnivore diet is we're getting rid of carbohydrate and we're doing a high fat and we're doing a high protein thing. So if you if you're gonna cheat, cheating with an avocado is so much better than cheating with a biscuit. And so, Alex, I think you texted me about what I thought about olive oil. I would yeah. put olive oil in there with the with the uh, avocado. And quite frankly, I have done all these things. And so in 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 my walk, I do a lot of olive oil. Olive oil is like the super omega three, yeah, and I'm an olive oil snob. Uh, I try to, uh, I'm so cheap. I wear a Timex and I drive a Toyota, but I spend lots of money on really righteous uh, 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 olive oil and uh, try to get good avocados too. So definitely after your four or five week mark, lots of avocados and and, uh, and olive oil in the, uh, one of the uh, premium uh, or premier uh, for both uh, cardiologists in the world is Dr. Stephen Gundry. He says the only fruit you should ever have every day is avocados. 
he's the, probably one of the top cardiologists that ever wore shoes. And so uh, who am I to disagree with Dr. Gundry? All right. And uh, last question. We had a couple of new ones come in. This is the last one uh, we have right now. Um, do, and it's, it, it, she's not saying it's happening to her. She's asking a question. Does this cause constipation at first? So, uh, not usually. Sometimes, with me. yeah, sometimes uh, there's reports of that on the carnivore diet, but everybody knows who Joe Rogan is and Joe Rogan, and I'm not a disciple of Joe Rogan, but I think he he's willing to have painful conversations. And one of yeah. the very, very painful conversations he had is about his experience with the carnivore diet. And his direct quote, I'm not paraphrasing, his direct quote was, explosive is not a good enough word to to explain what happened to me my first 10 or 14 days on the carnivore diet but a few weeks after he said i've never felt better go back and watch it it's fantastic and i, I probably watched 25 uh testimonials from prominent people on the carnivore diet jordan peterson and his daughter and joe rogan those are fabulous and so as you're learning about uh, about that. And then I also like a, another doctor who talks about smart keto, uh, Eric Berg. Uh, he, he's got some smart keto stuff on there. It's like a no grain, uh, lots of eggs, lots of meat, uh, some vegetables. It's just a lifelong way to be healthy and, uh, and uh, be good. But Alex, I'm going to ask something of our audience tonight, if I'm, if I may, uh, just real easy. And I don't want to put anybody to much work. If you feel like this has benefited you tonight and it's going to help you guys do the 180, you give us a little thumbs up or a why for yes or whatever in the chat box. I, I really feel like most every human, if they do this, will make their life better and make their family better by implementing this. And I hope it's a blessing to you guys. And I want to encourage you to uh, to give it a little uh, to give it a little uh, opportunity to to bless you. And we've got hands raising. Yeah, um, yeah. um uh, la last thing that's all the questions in case you're wondering everyone tim is having his office painted <laughs> so he got kicked out <laughs> and he is actually doing this from his daughter's dance room so that's what you're seeing in the background so let's all give a little jig for dr adair tonight in uh, the dance room well so my uh my parenting skills are so slight alex what we did with my daughters we kept her too busy and exhausted to misbehave and so she's an artist so she's painted everything in our house and so when she was little uh i bought her bunches and bunches of paint and she just started doing murals everywhere. So I'll probably never be able to sell my house. One, because uh, uh, it's precious probably only to me and my wife. And two, yeah. people would come in and want to paint this beige. And uh, this was my this was all my daughter's stuff when she was a uh, little little bitty. And so uh, and look, it even goes up to the ceiling. Oh. <laughs> so uh, don't, don't paint that. It's oh hey uh if two giants come in here they're gonna have to whip me to get out a paintbrush but it's pre it's precious to us and I don't really it's where we live so we're we like it yeah okay uh we're three minutes over last words Tim uh so guys I I, I think I've kind of summed it up please go over that condition list and realize and and it's, I'm a broken record uh, I know you guys wish I get some new material your systemic health is your gut health. And I really feel like most of our 
the the standard American diet, the acronym is SAD, S-A-D. And our SAD diet has produced our SAD health. And this is a way for us to do a 180. And I've got to come up with a good acronym about a GLAD diet. But I think we can go from SAD to GLAD by, uh, by implementing this. And my last words is that everyone knows your emotional affects your physical, but also your physical affects your emotional. So try the carnivore diet under the instructions and warnings we've given you tonight. And what I'm going to tell you is watch that resentment and unforgiveness get better because of your diet. I know that sounds nuts, but I predict if you try it, that's what's going to happen. So that's it for me. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, uh, Laura, for the tech in the background. You're awesome. Uh, love you, Tim. Love you, everybody. Have a great week. Love you, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.